is the Business of Reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Oman. Hey, hey, everyone. It's episode 40. 40. That's a great round number. I like that number. Um, I can't believe I produced 40 episodes. We should be probably at even more than that by now. I've had to skip some weeks for various reasons over the last year and a half or so, but man, 40 episodes. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Happy to be here. I've got a big picture topic to go over with you today. And uh, I don't know. I feel like this episode could turn into a horror movie or something. It's like super windy. I'm home alone. It's dark. And I just keep hearing creaking and squeaky sounds everywhere. Um, and it's kind of freaking me out. So if I just, if I pause for a minute, you'll know why. And if I go away completely, you should be worried. Anyway, I want to talk about feedback extortion for a minute before we get into today, into today's strategy versus tactics conversation, which isn't really a conversation. It's just me talking to you. But It could be a conversation if you leave some comments, like, and subscribe at youtube.com slash at storage warrior podcast. Anyway, right before I was about to record this episode, I got a complaint from a buyer and it seemed like a legitimate complaint, although it's a bit of a weird one. So like we, we shipped some Lego and they claimed that, uh, they said a lot of the pieces were broken. I was like a lot, like, I mean, Lego, it's a pretty durable toy. You know what I mean? And we're good at packaging and shipping. So it seemed a little off to me that a lot of the pieces would be broken. I get a picture. It's one piece, maybe two that looks like it's broken. They are not in the in the packaging we sent them in. They're just like on someone's pillowcase or something. So, I mean, okay, maybe, maybe whoever owned this Lego set before, because it was like an open set, had like had it displayed and in the sun or something and it dried out and these pieces were brittle. Maybe there was a crack in one of them that I didn't see before. Okay. So like legitimately could have happened. I wrote back and asked for clarification because they said it was a lot of pieces. Then they said it was six pieces. And then they said it was uh, the picture only showed like one or two pieces. Um, But I was having a workout. So I just didn't reply till after. And uh, by the time after came along, they had worked themselves into a frenzy and left me a message uh, of feedback extortion. Now, if you are a new, newer seller, you might not know how to deal with uh, feedback extortion. It's a thing that happens on eBay. Some buyers do it. Some of them are legitimately trying to scam you. Others are, they just don't know what the policy is. So they're just frustrated. So they say like, if you don't do this, I'm going to leave you a negative feedback. Experienced sellers know how to deal with this kind of situation. So Anyway, I get a whole series of messages that I haven't had a chance to respond to because I'm lifting weights, you know, as I do. And they just say, if you're going to question me, I'm going to give you a terrible rating and then ask for my money back. So let me know what you want to do. Well, all right. I told them what the feedback policy was and that they could not extort me. Uh, I explained that I was only asking for clarification and I did quickly ask for clarification of how many pieces were broken so I could decide what I want to do, which is what the buyer asked me. And I just ended it with, you may not threaten me and I will not engage with further threats, which is what I always tell people who are extorting me for feedback. I feel really calm about this situation right now, but when I was about to record the episode, I didn't and I was still really angry. 
And it's so illogical to be angry. I'm an experienced seller. I know what I'm doing. We always try to do the best we can. Why would I be irrational and upset about this? It's quite silly. I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I waited a little while. I made dinner. It was really good dinner. I waited until I shared this little story with you. So if you're a newer seller and you get a statement like that, um, I've always found it helpful to remind the person of the feedback extortion policy and let them know that you won't respond to any threats. And then you can decide, look, do you want to offer them a partial refund? Do you want to force them to re- return the whole item? I usually recommend that you force a return. Um, it's usually the best way to go, but not always, not in every situation. Um, and, and try to work that out professionally, but the threats are just not going to be part of the conversation. So anyway, that was like a couple hours ago. I haven't heard back from the buyer yet, so we'll see where that goes. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to share that story and um, just let you know it, it happens. It happens no matter how experienced of a seller you are. And uh, if you get angry about it, that's okay. Give yourself a, a chance to settle down and reply. And, uh, and don't make a podcast episode about it when you're pissed off <laughs> would be my advice. Okay, moving on from there. We'll see what happens with that one. I don't have the negative review yet. If it comes, it comes. I don't care. I'll just remind eBay of the feedback extortion policy and they will take it off. And even if they didn't take it off, one feedback, one negative feedback, you know, isn't going to exactly show in front of my 12,000 positives. So I don't even know where these people think that I'm going to suddenly freak out and bend over backwards for them. One versus 12,000? Like, no. Anyway, how are your sales doing? Mine is slow. February wasn't exactly the banger month that January was. It's okay. It's almost over. We're going to take a couple days off here. Reset. Come back hopefully with some more uh, energy. And uh, now I'm going to move into a conversation about strategy versus tactics in reselling. Um, I started thinking about this topic a couple of days ago. Uh, I saw a post that somebody was like, you know, I'm trying to sell on eBay and I've tried all the things, you know, I'm running sales and I'm doing all that and my sales are terrible or anybody else's sales terrible. You know, there's just nothing I can do. eBay is so awful. You know, the usual refrain. And, uh, you know, people make the, the usual suggestions, run the markdown sale, try to reach out to repeat buyers, do some social media. Like these are all great suggestions. And the person said, yeah, I've already done all that. I'm doing the same thing I always do and it doesn't work. And that right there, that that statement right there is, I'm going to guess, I have not seen this person's store. I'm going to guess that that's the problem. They're employing tactics without a strategy. They are employing the same tactics that they always employ without considering any external factors any shifts in buyer behavior, any increases in competition, any overall pricing declines in the categories they sell in. Have they looked at these things? I don't know. Maybe they did, but I'm guessing not because of that statement. I am doing the same things that I always do and none of it is working. Now, consistency is key. The best resellers will say, you know, list every day if you can, just be consistent in your daily efforts on eBay. I'll say that too. Run your offers to watchers. Do your things. Keep it regular. All of that is excellent advice. 
But all of those tactics will eventually stop working if you're not paying attention to something larger. And that is where strategy comes in. So if you're trying the tactics, the offers to watchers and the Facebook posts and all the things, and you feel like they're not working or, you know, you could be doing more, uh, then it's time to revisit your strategy. If you ever had one in the first place, your strategy, to be clear, your strategy is your plan for acquiring customers and making sales. You could also have a strategy for sustainability. You could also have a larger business growth strategy. But this one for the first example I'm going to give anyway is about a sales strategy. Have you ever sat down and drawn one up? I bet even if you have, it was mostly full of tactics. Because what happens is we start thinking, how am I going to make more sales? What's my strategy going to be? And then we jump right into action without thinking, why am I taking this action? So it's kind of like goals and objectives. Like goals are like big picture things that you want to accomplish and objectives are the small wins that bring you closer to the big goal. So similarly, tactics are the actions that you take to execute your strategy. So what's your strategy? Where do you want to end up when all the tactics are firing and working? What does that look like to you? Now, I have to admit, Johan and I haven't sat down and formally worked out a strategy either. We have lots of strategic discussions, um, and then we usually take some actions based on that. But it's not like we have like a document. We haven't done that. We probably should. So if you haven't, don't worry. This isn't about... You know, this is just about not getting caught up in jumping on every bandwagon and trying every new thing that some other seller says is working for them and then just hoping that it's going to work for you because it's not the best way to go about things. So I'm going to talk about a couple of strategic conversations we've had in our business. And because sales conversations are kind of the most common, we're always trying to, you know, sell more and increase our sales and our profit. You know, we're always talking, how do we sell shit faster? Well, that's great. Like I have, I even have like a banner <laughs> that says like sell shit faster in, in like my notebooks. Uh, so how do we do that and how is faster defined? So let's say um, my object or my goal would be to like double our average sales volume. So maybe going from 10 to 15 items a day by volume to 20 to 30. Okay. So that's like a growth strategy, right? That's basically doubling the size of our business from a sales perspective. So then the tactics are, how do we get there? How do we bring in more customers? Do we bring in new customers or do we nurture repeat customers? What are the actions we're going to take? Now, personally, I think a big part of selling shit faster is just having better shit. So it goes back to sourcing. And since we source in volume and we end up with a lot of junk, because that's what happens when you source in volume, We need to be better at paring down the piles and choosing the things that will sell faster. And I have to admit that we fall back on a lot of like spray and sit kind of tactics where we post like whatever weird item, some cool kitschy collectible thing just to see if it will sell. Like, I don't know. This thing's neat. It's unique. Maybe it'll sell. Uh, I bet you do that too. And that's fine for small things that don't take up a lot of space. But if you do that all the time and too much, your store's overall quality goes down. Because if, you, if you're not like thinking like strategically about your sourcing, like what kind of items am I going to get that source faster? And you just put anything and everything up in your store all the time just because it's cool or whatever. Overall, like uh, 
probably 80% of those items, if we think about the Pareto principle here, the 80-20 rule, probably 80% of those items are not that good and 20% of them are good. So over time, if that's all you do, your store's quality is going to decline. You have slow selling items, lots of long tail stuff, and you'll have more and more and more and more and more of that as time goes on. Okay, so anyway, I'm already, excuse me, I'm already getting away from the strategic idea here, which is like, how would I get to 30 sales a day? That's what I wanted to do. What's the plan? What's the plan? So I don't know. Let me think. I'm just going to work out some ideas here in real time. I didn't do a lot of preparation for this one kind of on purpose. I wanted it to be pretty conversational. So one thing if I'm thinking about, oh, I want to sell shit faster and that means I need better shit. I'm probably going to end up donating a lot more stuff that I might have tried to sell in the past or just throwing it in the warehouse sale, you know, and if it doesn't go at the warehouse sale, then give it away. So more donations, like having higher standards about what I list, that can mean reviewing sold ratios more carefully on eBay, like how many are active versus how many are sold in the last 90 days. What are those ratios? I want to be picking more items that have good ratios that are likely to sell fast and just cast off the rest of it. Hey, you know, if I donate it, hopefully it doesn't go to the landfill. I know that sometimes it will. It still will. Um, but that gives it another chance. And it's uh, and I don't have to deal with it if it's a low value item. Right. So that's good for me. Uh, more lots, doing things in more lots is uh, kind of a strategic decision that we've made over time. Like, so you get, you take like a bunch of low value things and then you put them in a big lot. So what you have is one listing that's a higher price. And each item in that lot, when you look at the total price, each item in that lot is like, it's like a really, really good deal. So the buyer can't refuse it. So that's something that we do a lot of with like die cast cars, comic books, you know, things that are, that are repeatable. If I have, if I have $25 comic books, I would rather sell those 20 all together for 75 bucks than to try and extract the $5 value out of each one. It's not worth my time. So those are things that we, that we try to work on. So by doing this, you're building a foundation of a better quality store. And then when you implement the tactics, the offers, the markdowns, the promotions, the promoted listings, they're more effective because Overall, you have implemented a strategy of putting great items in your store that are likely to sell faster. We need to work on this. You need to work on this. We all need to work on this. Another sort of broader business strategy that we think about a lot is how can we save more things from the landfill? This, this conversation is probably dominating our business lives right now. It's absolutely huge. Like, it's the reason... For me, it's my why when it comes to reselling. I can't stand seeing things go in the trash. The amount, the volume of items that we have put in our store that we didn't even buy or or we paid almost nothing for because they were like about to be thrown away and had no value to the people who were getting rid of them is crazy. I wish I could, I wish I had the metric to know how many items we've sold that were actually about like one step from landfill. It's got to be half. It's got to be half, at least half. So it's, it's, it's why, why I do reselling. It's, I'm so passionate about this. So the strategy is like, how do we, we're thinking about how do we save more things from the landfill? And then we got to come up with a strategy, a plan for how to make that happen. Now, 
it sounds a bit counterproductive to what I was saying before, getting rid of things that are low value, because if you want to save more things from the trash, you're going to end up with lots of stuff that is useful or it's in good condition, but doesn't really have much value. So how do I do both at the same time is kind of this problem that we're always trying to work out. Now, the landfill conversation is always, 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 always on our minds. And it's why we talked like I did in a previous episode about potentially starting our own junk hauling business. You know, even if we have like one truck that's going out a few times a day and capturing just some, you know, some small percentage of all of those things that are going in the trash, maybe it's worth it. You know, that's a strategy we could employ to keep more things out of the landfill. But it would also be easier, I think, to employ a strategy where we just get to go through other companies' junk trucks. They're already doing the hauling. Let us in there. But putting that plan into action requires a partner and it requires a process and a system. And you have to be able to convince another business owner that your strategy is also going to benefit them. So that's the conundrum. So we're working out that strategy and I don't have any tactics. Like how how would I employ tactics for keeping things out of landfill other than hovering around at the dump all day? which doesn't seem like a great use of time. So when you're thinking about your reselling business, if you are trying to grow it or if you're frustrated and you feel like it's stagnant and it's not going anywhere or it's getting harder to do reselling, which like, let's be honest, it kind of is getting harder to do reselling. There's always more competition. But I still believe that there's enough junk out there for everybody who wants to do reselling. So. If, if you're frustrated or you want things to change or you feel like your business is plateaued, you know, think about your strategy if you even have one. And if you have never developed a business strategy or a sales and marketing strategy, sit down and think about it. Like, what's your plan? What do you actually want to accomplish in sales? How do you want your sales to look different next year or even next quarter than they look today? What is that success going to be for you? And write that down. Envision it. And then come up with your plan. And only then can you start trying out all the tactics that are going to support the steps in your plan. So the strategy isn't always just about selling more. It can be about a bigger picture, an impact you want to have or even a personal goal that reselling is going to help you achieve. So your call to action, which I've been forgetting to do some weeks, sorry. But anyway, your call to action this week is, do you have a selling strategy? Do you have a growth strategy? Do you have any strategy at all? If you're willing to share it, please do leave a comment. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast on a podcatcher, awesome. I love you. But please head over to youtube.com slash at Storage Warrior Podcast, like and subscribe and Let's get a conversation started over there. I would love to hear about your own strategic thinking when it comes to reselling. Uh, so that's it. We're off to do some snowboarding for a couple of days and play around in the winter. Um, so don't forget, we are always buying. <laughs> As you know, hook us up with a great pick in the Pacific Northwest or British Columbia, and you will receive a gift. I don't know what that gift will be, but you'll like it. I promise. Have a great day. And we'll see you next week.